Good evening. Welcome to the podcast Fall Asleep 2. I'm your host, Jimmy Joe. I'm here to talk about things that are unimportant and uninteresting until you take this train to Sleepy Town. I'm recording this evening in my Highland Park studio. Producers Melvin and Moose are in the other room. We put a blanket on top of my dresser. I don't... Because we were cleaning something? I don't remember where the blanket had been before and why we put it there, but we only put it there temporarily. But producers Melvin and Moose uh, really seem to like it a lot. So we might leave it there for a while because they seem so happy with it. I am very tired. As you may be as well, considering you're listening to this show right now. And I was thinking tonight if I wanted to try to read before I go to bed. I have been trying to make an effort to read more because I uh, don't read as much as I would like to. I uh, enjoy reading a lot. I've read a lot for pleasure. I've read a lot for academia. In fact, the first episode ever of this podcast was uh, me describing uh, my bookshelf uh, because uh, books and reading are very important to me. And as I've gotten older, I've been reading less. Not because my desire to read has decreased, but I think because... My life uh, just doesn't allow for it as much. I just don't have as much free time. Especially free time when I uh, have the mental capacity to read stuff. Um... At least the kinds of stuff that I'd like to read. I like reading just fun, silly stuff, too. Not always just serious stuff. I made myself sound different than I am. But I love reading. I uh, was not a great reader. And honestly, I'm still a bit of a slow reader. Um... But I can read and I can power through. Uh, I was, I got a 
history minor in college. At one point, I was a history. I was studying to become a history major. That changed a couple times. So there were semesters where I would be reading, you know, like probably literally thousands of pages every week for many weeks in a row. So I can I can read a lot when I need to. I'm just I'm not I'm still not though a super fast reader. Um, which I think makes it more difficult for me now to find time to read because I I probably have to uh, find longer chunks of time than most people would. Anyway, I don't read as much as I would like. Not as many books. There was... I'm... I'm trying to bring books back into my reading, because for a, oh, a little while, probably graphic novels and comic books and screenplays were have been what I've read... Uh, the most, most consistently, I guess. But uh, just novels, novellas, that kind of reading, uh, I want to do more of. And now, as uh, so many of us are uh, staying safer at home and helping our communities be safer by staying at home, now is a great time to read. a great time to read and uh, I know many of us have books that we have acquired and never read although we've wanted to so I think it's a good time to crack into some of those and uh, while we're staying home and social distancing I think for many people in many places um, e-reading is probably possible through your local library So, uh, I know in Los Angeles, that's definitely possible with the LA Public Library. There are various apps you can download uh, to access the uh, e-book um, library. But I think probably for many libraries, that's the case, so... If you are trying to read, but you're trying to stay home, that's a great option, potentially, to look into as uh, your local library. Anyway, I, uh, I want to talk about some books. I'll just pick a few standout ones that were important to me. a book that as a very small child like first or second grade or something that I used to read under there was in class there was like a in the classroom there was this kind of barn structure thing that had books on it and if you finished your work early you could go read a book if you wanted to until the next activity 
And there's a book, and I don't remember what it was, but I, it was one of those, like, see Jack run, look at the ball, Jack kicked the ball kind of things. And um, for some reason, I really liked this book, and I read it so many times that I realized I memorized the whole book. And that felt I liked that. I liked that I memorized it. Uh, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim is a great book. I think I talked about it a little bit in the My Bookshelf episode of the podcast, the first episode. Uh, That was a great, great book, as I recall. Um, and that was a book that, uh, I read for school. And I had switched schools, and the school I was at previously, um, I hadn't done great in, like, my reading comprehension. And then I switched to a school, and so I was a little behind, I was literally behind in the book because they were already like 10 chapters in or something and I was behind um, as far as my ability to read and understand that kind of book and to answer the questions about it so uh, that was a bit uh, difficult for me and my mom really helped me through that I remember her spending a lot of time a lot of afternoons and evenings and weekends uh, really helping me to read and understand the book and to be able to answer the questions that we, our teacher was asking us about it. And so that was, that I think made that book a little more special to me is that uh, I spent a lot of nice time with my mom with that one. Another one was Where the Red Fern Grows. Now I didn't read that one myself. My mom read it to me and to my brother. And that was, that's a fantastic book. Very sad book. I know uh, the school that I had switched to that we read, uh, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim, they had already read Where the Red Fern Grows in class that year. And apparently when they got to the end of the book, to the last chapter, they, uh, the teacher had to call on the custodian and ask him to finish reading to the kids because she was just sobbing uncontrollably. She was very... Very moved by the book. As is natural, that's a fantastic book. It's very moving. Uh, Another book that uh, was really special to me is um, The Outsiders. The Outsiders about rival uh, gangs in the 50s in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I recently spent some time in Oklahoma City uh, not Tulsa. I feel like media about Oklahoma is more often in Tulsa than not. The Outsiders, the new Watchmen series. I think Oklahoma, the musical, is supposed to be somewhere outside of Tulsa. I believe the the 
musical group Hanson is from Tulsa. Their family is there. I think in the show Friends, Chandler was working in Tulsa for a while. I don't know. That show doesn't doesn't always hold up that well. Anyway, um, yeah, I was in Oklahoma City. But the book The Outsiders is really great. I don't know if I mentioned this in the other episode. When I uh, when I I read that book for school, and I remember we were a few chapters in, and I think we had a over the weekend we were supposed to read one or two more chapters than we had already read in the book, and uh, I read them, and the ending was like some sort of cliffhanger, and I just kept reading. And then the end of that chapter was so good that I wanted to keep reading, and I just kept reading, and it kept happening. And eventually, I just finished the whole book, and I so I, I read basically the whole book. We hadn't gotten very far into it. I read almost the entire book in one sitting, and that was the first time I had really done that uh, for for that kind of book for like a chapter. But that's not a chapter book. That's uh, a, a YA novel. And I've actually read since then that some consider that the first YA novel. Or I guess, um, if not the first, definitely um, did some, uh, I think, genre-defining, precedent-setting stuff. And uh, Essie Hinton uh, actually was also a teenager. I think she was in high school when she wrote that. Which is amazing and uh, remarkable, and I think uh, surely part of the reason why uh, that, and you know, clearly she's an excellent writer and a creative genius, uh, and uh, I think her being that age is why it works uh, so well for that age group. Uh, she's speaking to, uh, to her peers to her less talented peers. Uh, speaking of uh, YA, a uh, friend of mine, an author, a screenwriter, onesie wearer friend, uh, Namina Forna has a book that uh, was supposed to come out soonish. Now it looks like it won't be coming out until 2021, I believe spring of 2021. Um, don't quote me on that. I don't want to look on my phone and double check again. But uh, anyway, she's written a book called The Gilded Ones um, that I uh, am really looking forward to reading. Namina is a fantastic writer. I've read a lot of stuff that she's done, and uh, she's just, she's very, very talented. She's helped me with my writing. I've sent her my writing in the past, and she uh, she's given me some very good notes um, that, uh, in addition to being helpful, uh, I think have demonstrated her her uh, her talent, her understanding for storytelling. Anyway, I have not read The Gilded Ones yet. I'm really looking forward to reading it next year. Uh, I wasn't 
that doesn't fit in with uh, what I'm doing this episode, but since I'm talking about YA, I just figured I'd uh, bring up the give Nomina a little plug. And, uh, yeah, uh, what's another, uh, another good, important book? John Steinbeck's an important author for me. I've read a lot of his books. Like, a lot. Like, I used to, like, seek them out to read them, just because I really like his writing style. I'm, I can't recall the first Steinbeck book that I read. It may have been The Grapes of Wrath. It may have been East of Eden. Certainly it was for school. You know, I think it was The Grapes of Wrath, and I think I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I don't think I fell in love with his work until East of Eden. Uh, and then he's also written America and Americans, Travels with Charlie, which uh, I think they say now is probably mostly uh, fabrication, but still an enjoyable read. What of his stuff have I read? Cup of Gold, I think, was his first one, which... Uh, Tortilla Flat, Cannery Row. There's like a sequel to one of those. I probably read Pastors of something. I don't know. He was a very important author to me for a long... The Winner of Our Discontent. Oh, that's a great one. He was a very important author to me for a long time. He's a very skilled author. I feel like if I read him now, I might uh, have a different... I might just view his work through a different lens. But, uh, he's good. Let's go back to genre-defining stuff. I think I've mentioned on the show before that, uh, Frankenstein was written by a teenage girl and also invented the genre of science fiction. That was a fun book. I liked reading that book. I didn't read that until college, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, the Great Gatsby is good. That was a, I only bring that up because uh, I also read maybe not all of F. Scott Fitzgerald's novels. He, he only wrote like five or something. I feel like I read like four of them. The second time I was in France when I was living there, I had a like an e-reader, and um, for some reason I was able to get, like, that era of, like, sort of classic American literature for free on the reader. I think it was because I was in France I was able to do it. I don't remember. Something about how, like, the marketplace worked for the that e-reader at the time. I was able to get a lot of this stuff for free, so I read, like, The Damned and the Beautiful, and, or whatever that's called, and... Uh, and a couple other things, and I reread The Great Gatsby. And I will say I really enjoyed the other F. Scott Fitzgerald books that I read, but The Great Gatsby was the best one, in my opinion, and I think in the opinion of most people who have read his works. Like, there's a reason why that is the book of his that 
everyone reads. I also liked in A Movable Feast by Ernest Hemingway. Uh, there's a scene where F. Scott Fitzgerald is upset because um, apparently Zelda has told him that he could never please a woman because of his penis. And so him and Hemingway go into the bathroom and Hemingway inspects F. Scott Fitzgerald's penis to reassure him that uh, it's fine. Quite a book. A lot of Gertrude Stein in that book, too. I should read more Gertrude Stein. Maybe I'll try to read some Gertrude Stein. What did she write? I'm going to look up some Gertrude Stein right now. I feel like that is a writer that deserves to have been assigned to me at some point and never has been. Where's her? I can't find a... Well, all right. I'll find something of hers. I'll find some Gertrude Stein to read at some point. Um, trying to think. There's a book I read recently. I don't remember what it was called. It was a newer book. It was about like these people who were doing, they were like training for a mission to Mars and it like bounced between like the three astronauts and then like different members of their family. It was good. It was fun. I feel like a lot of the authors I just talked about are white men. Well, white, I guess I've got a couple ladies in there. But uh, I should, those are the kinds of things that were assigned to me to read uh, when I was in school. Which probably most of the reading I've done in my life is for school. I just read a lot for school. But uh, I want to expand my horizons. Well, except Namina's not. Namina's a black woman. She's African. But I haven't even read her book yet. Not that one at least. But I will. Should be good. From what I've heard, it's quite good. Anyway, I uh, am going to read more stuff. I'm going to read stuff from people of varying varying backgrounds to try to expand uh, my mind. And I'm just going to try to read stuff that I enjoy. So anyway, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, Whatever you're listening to this on, if you want to give a five-star rating, a kind review that helps people find the show and it warms my little heart. Keep up on uh, Instagram for uh, usually a weekly photo of producers... Melvin and or Moose. Uh, Not always, but usually it's what it is. It's a great place to say hello as well. Uh, Or email uh, podcastfallasleep2 at gmail.com. 
If you want to support the show uh, in a very direct way, you can make a donation uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash podcastfallasleep2, or just podcastfallasleep2.com. It'll redirect you there. And uh, if you uh, join Patreon to make a donation, there's a whole slew of uh, perks and benefits and rewards for sponsoring, and you can make a monthly donation, or you can uh, just do one month and cancel and still get your perk. Or another great way to uh, make a one-time donation is on PayPal. The uh, email address with the PayPal account is podcastfallasleep2 at gmail.com. And if you donate on PayPal, um, you can you still I'll still give you the uh, whatever uh, whatever the dollar amount equivalent is of the sponsorship on Patreon. I'll still give it to you if you donate on PayPal. Anyway, that's a great way to support the show. It helps me. It helps offset the costs of uh, making the show and doing it for you. So uh, yeah, so uh, it's a great way to help. If you're able to do that, I hope everyone is staying safe. I hope everyone is uh, happy and comfortable and relaxed and uh, getting all the sleep you need. Uh, I just want to say thank you to you guys for... uh, I've been getting some very kind feedback from some people, and I've had a couple new uh, sponsors on the the Patreon and who have donated on PayPal, and that's... uh, means a lot to me so thank you very much and uh that's gonna be it for tonight so thank you again so much for listening take it easy be kind to yourself be kind to those around you and i'm jimmy joe until next week sweet dreams